بسم الله الحمد لله الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله. The Prophet ﷺ on one occasion asked the companion Ubay ibn Ka'ab, as he would often ask by way of teaching, what is the greatest verse in the book of Allah? And Ubay answered, Allah and his messenger know better. And when the Prophet ﷺ insisted and repeated the question several times, Ubay said, Ayatul Kursi. And the Prophet ﷺ commented, congratulations for having knowledge, O Abu al-Mundir, by he in whose hand is my soul. This verse has a tongue and two lips with which he praises the king, Allah, next to the leg of the throne. In another hadith, Abu Huraira mentions that he was put in charge of the sadaqah of Ramadan for three nights and each night a thief would come and steal some of the food grain. And when Abu Huraira would seize him and threaten to take him to the Prophet he would beg that he was poor and had many dependents until the third night when Abu Huraira insisted to take him to the Prophet he ransomed himself by offering some knowledge. And he said that whoever recites Ayatul Kursi before going to sleep, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send an angel as a guard over him until the morning that will protect him from the shaitans. When Abu Huraira mentioned this to the Prophet the Prophet said that this man was in fact a shaitan and he was a liar, although indeed he had spoken the truth. The Prophet also said, whoever recites Ayatul Kursi after each obligatory prayer, there is nothing that will prevent him from entering Jannah except death. And it is only a righteous and pious worshipper who would persist in reciting it regularly. So what is the kursi? The kursi is often translated as footstool. And it is not to be confused with the arsh, which is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the scholars of the past said, the kursi before the throne is like a step. Now, when we are considering these concepts of the hereafter, the kursi, the arsh, we should not try and visualize them and compare them to what we see around us in this dunya, in the creation. These are matters of the unseen. We know their meaning and we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed their descriptions to have a certain impact on us, but we do not try and visualize them. The Prophet said, the kursi, in relation to the arsh is like an iron ring thrown out into an empty desert. The Prophet also said, if the seven heavens and seven earths were flattened and laid side by side, they would add up to the size of a ring in a desert compared to the kursi, subhanAllah. These ahadith of the Prophet should impress on us the vastness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation and his greatness, power and ability. In fact, the most vast aspect of Allah's creation is the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which has pillars and is carried by eight angels. The Prophet once described one of these angels I have been, when he وسلم, said, I have been granted permission to speak about one of the angels of Allah, one of the bearers of the throne. The space between his earlobes and his shoulders is the distance of 700 years. Subhanallah. So Ayatul Kursi verse 255 Surah Al-Baqarah is the greatest of the 6,000 or so verses in the Quran. Now of course all of the 6,000 or so verses are miraculous. But even from these verses there is a greatest verse. And this verse is the greatest verse because quite simply its subject matter is the greatest. Allah. You will find in this verse 10 complete Arabic sentences 
with 17 separate references to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, direct and indirect references. So as a personal challenge, why not get a translation of the Quran and the Mus'haf and try and identify these 17 separate references. The verse begins with the Lafdul Jalala, Allah. Allah is the most recognized name of the creator of the heavens and the earth. It is the most powerful Arabic noun. It does not take a feminine form. It does not take a plural form. And it is not used for any other being except the creator himself. The verse then continues. La ilaha illahu. There is none worthy of worship except him. That is a reiteration of the very first word in the verse Allah. Allah means al-ma'luh. The one who deserves to be worshipped through love, fear, hope. And magnification. Imam Al Tabari says that the purpose of this verse, Ayatul Kursi, is to demonstrate that only Allah guides to the truth and emphasize His power is eternal and absolute. The verse then ends, Al uh, the first phrase then ends, Al Hayyul Qayyum. Allahu la ilaha illahu Al Hayyul Qayyum. These two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are incredibly important. Al Hay means the ever living. Al-Qayyum means the self-sufficient. Al-Hay represents the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's essence, his that. Al-Qayyum represents the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes and actions, his af'al. So all of the other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in relation to his essence go back to Al-Hay, the ever-living, such as As-Sami, the all-hearing, Al-Basir, the all-seeing, they emanate from this one name, Al-Hay, the ever-living, the one whose life is perfect, there was nothing before him and there is nothing after him. Al-Qayyum means the self-sufficient and this represents the per perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's actions. All other names in reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's af'al, his mercy, his forgiveness, his guiding, his creating, return back to this name Al-Qayyum, the self-sufficient that all depend on and he does not depend on any. Ibn Abbas considered this name, which some scholars consider a composite name, to be the greatest name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet indeed explained that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, ta has a greatest name and that if he is invoked through this name, he will answer. He will certainly respond. And the Prophet ﷺ gave us a hint that the greatest name can be found in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran and Surah Taha. Of course, in Baqarah, it is Ayat Al-Kursi. In Ali Imran, it is the first verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif Lam Mim, Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. And Surah Taha, it is the verse, Wa'anatil wujuhu lil-hayyul qayyum. So we should constantly invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his greatest name, Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum. Part of the morning and evening du'as is actually to do that. One of the reported du'as is to say, Ya Hayyu, Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghith, aslih li sha'ni kulla la ilaha illa ant. O ever-living, self-sufficient, I beseech your mercy, correct for me all of my affairs. There is none worthy of worship except you. Slumber and sleep does not overtake him. 
This is now a further elaboration of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Hayy. He does not feel slumber, tiredness, nodding off, and he does not sleep. There is a beautiful narration where Musa alayhi salam asked the angels, does Allah sleep? And the angels uh, responded in a very powerful way by way of example. They instructed Musa alayhi salam to hold two bottles with long necks and they prevented him from sleeping until finally he dozed off and his arms dropped and the two bottles smashed against each other. And the angels explained such is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's watchful care over creation. If he was la qadar Allah to experience slumber or sleep, the heavens and the earth would simply crash together and be destroyed. To him belongs what is in the heavens and the earth. By bringing this khabar to the beginning, lahu, by bringing it to the beginning of the sentence, it emphasizes not just to Allah belongs the heavens and the earth, but to Allah alone without partner, exclusivity, to Allah alone belongs the heavens and the earth. This is now a further elaboration of the name Al-Qayyum. Everything depends on, upon him. He depends upon none. And he is the true owner of the heavens and the earth. Who is it that will intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except with his permission? This is a very powerful way of teaching through rhetorical questions. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is questioning who is it that will intercede with Allah except with his permission. Even on the day of judgment, when people intercede and rescue people from the hellfire, it will be only through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who chooses who is saved from the hellfire. But he may give honor and status to certain people by giving them the permission to intercede for these people. He knows what is before them and what is behind them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is perfect and complete. This is now a further elaboration for both of those names. Al-Hayy, he is the all-knowing. And Al-Qayyum, in that his disposing of the affairs of the creation is based on perfect and complete and absolute knowledge and wisdom. Ibn Ashur, one of the great scholars of Tafsir, explained that the first half of this surah is an explanation uh, the first half of this verse is an explanation of al-hay and al-qayyum and the second half of this verse is about Allah's knowledge and power his ilm and his khudra wala yuhiituna bi shay'in min 'ilmihi illa bima sha' and they will not comprehend any of his knowledge except that which he wills wasi'a kursiyyuhu as-samawati wal ard his kursi extends over the heavens and the earth this is an emphasis of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's dominion, his authority, his mulk over his creation. And it does not weary him to preserve them both. And he is Al-Ali Al-Azim. Now there is a beautiful transition in this verse. Much of the beginning part of this verse is emphasizing people's dire need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our dependence upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This gives us an intimate feeling of being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is closer to us 
than our jugular vein. But the last two names emphasize that he is transcendent above his creation. Although we are in need of him, although we are dependent upon him, he is above the creation in a manner which befits his majesty. He is Al-Ali, the All-High, and he is Al-Azim, the Tremendous, the All-Powerful. These two names should not just be points of creed, but they should be names which are actually realized in our life. That when you're considering different people's views, when you're considering the priorities in your life, the highest priority, the most important view would be the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The highest of all should be the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hada wa sallallahu ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.